I'm Dr. Jay Anders, and this is Tell Me Where It Hurts, where we discuss some of the big challenges in health IT and how we can solve them so clinicians can do what they do best, care for patients. I'd like to welcome everybody to another episode of Tell Me Where It Hurts. Um, today's guest is working in an area that is, I would say, a hot topic, um, which is home care and everything moving to lower levels of service. Um, today's guest um, is Juan Carlos Gallegos. Uh, he's passionate about having, solving problems that plague our healthcare industry, and there are many of those. He brings 10 years of experience in both product management and nursing to build patient engagement and EHR applications that modernize the approach to which information is captured and shared within this complex ecosystem. He has a BS in biology as well as nursing and a master of science in health informatics and management systems. JC, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Jay. Happy to be here. This could be a, this could be a really interesting conversation, I think, um, because as everybody knows, uh, care is moving downstream. Hospitals, I think, should be starting to worry about their their situation and the number of beds they have because care is moving to the home, it's moving to the offices, it's it's just headed downstream to the lowest common denominator, which it really should be. Um, I've always said that hospitals are someplace you don't want to be sick in. So yeah, I agree. It's, it's a place that um, is starting to lose a lot of its impact on the delivery of healthcare, except for the most extreme cases. So you've been in this business for about 10 years. You started in the ICU and ambulatory EHRs and patient payments, and you've been in several organizations. Um, tell us a little bit about your journey, how you got into healthcare IT from the ICU. Yeah, so I started working, at, I'm based in Miami, and so I started working at Jackson Memorial Hospital as a nurse. And shortly after that, I got my master's in health informatics and management systems. And I honestly kind of fell into product management. And so worked at a company called CareCloud, where over the years, I uh, worked on different areas of the solutions they offered. So between practice management, that a little bit in the revenue cycle aspect of it, analytics, patient engagement, telehealth, but uh, it was mainly focused on on the EHR, and so both in the existing application that we had at the time, versus and also had the opportunity to create something uh, net new from the ground up. And so it was honestly a bit of adjustment when I you know, transitioned over from the inpatient setting over into my first true you know technology uh, based role. But uh, you know I just think that there's a lot of overlap between what I did in nursing and what I continue to do in in, in product management, which is really just listening to to people. And so I fully immerse myself within our customers and different providers and, and different clinical staff to help me understand the different aspects of, of healthcare. Um, so then over the years, and, you know, it was really exciting to be able to work on things like, you know, orthopedics and ophthalmology, rheumatology, I learned a ton in working with different physicians in that space. Um, I then saw an opportunity to learn more about the uh, FinTech aspect. And so I saw a really cool opportunity at a company called Patient Co, now part of Waystar where uh, it was it was a really cool opportunity in the sense that I got to learn a lot more about the, you know, payback and payment systems and things of that nature. And I was primarily responsible on the on the patient experience side where our focus is really to empower patients to take control over their uh, like financial aspect of healthcare. 
So it was uh, an interesting aspect of, of healthcare that I never really considered also. So and understanding how to better uh, format their statements so they can understand them, uh, find, finding a super easy way from actually make those payments and offering flexible and, and convenient payments. And then fast forward to where we're at today, uh, working at, at HHB, where I was uh, the opportunity to kind of set the vision and, and lead the development of a brand new EHR. Uh, it's basically our map today. So it's been an interesting journey. I uh, absolutely love what I do. I can't say it'll, it'll ever replace the satisfaction I, I got really with providing direct patient care, but I do love the ability to continue to work with clinicians and our customers where, and especially in this space where I'm still learning a ton about the post-acute space um, and solving a different set of problems. You know, one of the things that uh, is is interesting is that I get this question asked to me, and I still get it asked to me a lot. Why did you stop practicing medicine full time? And I said, well, think about this for a minute. I would see probably between 1,500 and 2,000 patients a year. I would touch their lives, try to make their health better, try to kind of steer them through their health issues. So over my lifetime of full-time practice, that's quite a few folks. But in the role I am today, and I think the role you are in today, you can touch hundreds of thousands of patients and make their lives better, make the people who care for them better, um, and make their jobs easier. So I think that's a, a good way of, you know, that's a good draw to have someone that's had clinical experience go into technology to really try to, to move that bar a little bit. So like you said, you are at Home Care Home Base, which is a Hearst company, and they're building a brand new EHR and mostly based for home care, but it's it has other aspects to it. There's a huge investment right now going on in home care, and, and it's hard to do. Being someone who, when practice, I would actually do house calls. And house calls were probably one of the hardest things because you have none of the things that you're used to, like an exam room. And so tell us a little bit about what your vision is there and this, how HBHC is going to really start moving the bar in that post-acute and home care. Yeah, and, and, and you kind of, you know, hit hit the target on the head with uh, what you stated earlier and how there's, you know, a significant shift of the movement of, of care in the hospitals over to, to the patient's homes. And so, interesting enough, it, it's kind of like the kind of where the root of all healthcare started. And so, um, and as you also mentioned, it's a much more, much more cost-effective place to receive care. And, and if you think about it from the perspective of meeting the patients where they're at, they, it's a place where they prefer to receive care. And so we've seen that with, uh, you know, telehealth and the conveniences that that's provided it's, you know, to, to patients. And so there's a similar experience with receiving care at home. It's also interesting how more insurance companies as well are, are investing in this space and, you know, actually acquiring some of these larger agencies as well. And so uh, it's really exciting to be able to work on solutions to have the impact that we have here. And so HDHB has, has been a leader in this space for over 20 years. And we take a lot of pride in our mission of what we do, which is to ultimately empower exceptional care um, that we you know, deliver to the agencies or user solutions. And uh, even more interesting, I love the fact that our teams have grown significantly and have had a lot more clinicians that have been hired onto our team. So I think we're up to 40 now. And so where we have a blended experience of, of you know, physical therapists, nurses, 
um, nurse practitioners where you know, it's it's great to have all these, you know, experienced, intelligent, passionate people coming in to work every day. And our objective is to really shatter the status quo. I think that we, these problems that are kind of ailing our, our customers and their patients and, and their staff, it's, it's stuff that really motivates us all. And so we are from a home care, home, uh, home care, home based perspective, we've created this notion of a you know, HHB one, which one platform to create this like unified experience across a patient's lifetime patient record. Uh, so all of our services that we're offering is really uh, centered around that premise. And as, especially with uh, patients who are receiving care at home from a home health standpoint, but also now agencies are transitioning into adopting more palliative care, chronic care, pediatrics, behavioral health, all that at the patient's home. And so these are all things that we just see that shift trending in that direction. And we want to make sure that we support that. And having been um, the son of a parent who had that experience in palliative care, I have to tell you, when it's done well, it really, really is, it works. Um, The experience for the patient and their family is, is really spectacular. So you said you're working on a new platform. So tell us a little bit about the history of that yeah. platform and where you think it's going to be headed. So HHB has been a leader in the space for, for over 20 years, and we've used this uh, point care application, which is the product that's used by field clinicians. And so one of the bread and butter that HHB offers to our customers and clinicians is the psychological safety that ensures that they are um, abiding by the compliance regulations that um, there are a lot of them that, that they're essentially expected to uphold. And so this product has been a reliable tool in the field for that time period. And so we have seen over the years as a result of the the impact to clinician shortages and and a shift, which I'm totally for, is is having the clinicians uh, demanding and expecting a better experience, not only in terms of compensation and and the flexibility associated with being able to work in this space, but also the tools that they have to use. And so I think that there's an opportunity to modernize that experience. And that's where we decided to you know, invest in a new tech stack and a new platform to build out the new EHR that's going to be utilized by clinicians for the next 20 years. So you know, technology in home care has a whole host of unique challenges. I, it's, it, it's something that's going to have to work standalone. It's going to have to work connected. It just has to work regardless of where you are because you're in rural areas, you are in homes with poor connectivity or no connectivity. There are some places in this country that have any cell service. It's it's kind of interesting. So tell me a little bit about how you're going to be working through those challenges um, as you go forward. Yeah, and so developing a new product, developing a product that works both in an online and offline state is key. So our existing platform works today entirely offline. And so it always guarantees the, the clinician's ability to access the, the patient's information and for them to do their to their to do their documentation, uh, especially when there's you know it could be even in an area that's not as rural, but you have some patients' homes or facilities that don't have the best cell service there, and so want to make sure that that's never an impediment to allowing clinicians to do their job, and more importantly, being able to access information. And so you know, dissimilar to how it functioned in the ambulatory world or an inpatient world, you're you know. A lot of oftentimes you're closing out in the field with those patients by themselves. And so we want to make sure that they have this reliable so they can always leverage. Um, in addition to that, I do see how care coordination in the setting is very different compared to how it is within, again, these other settings. And so I, I think back to when I was a 
brand new nurse. I had the luxury of having more senior seasons or nurses that were working alongside me. If I had any questions, I could just resort to just asking them. And so we, I also see the importance of building out a solution within our application that allows clinicians to help communicate uh, amongst all members of the care team. And so we see that I, I foresee this evolving so that we can better support the, the needs of our patients. And, and also, I think it, it just kind of goes hand in hand with the expectations of newer clinicians who are getting into this space from a generational aspect who are used to leveraging more modern, te- more modern technology to, to get their jobs done. So it is a changing landscape, like we we have spoken of before. When it comes to like payment and compliance, and there's certain documentation requirements that home care has, especially I will say in palliative care, there's pretty rigid rules and things you have to comply with, um, and the interoperability. We just talked a bit about that. So how do you see that playing a role in what you're planning with your new platform at Home Care Homebase? So all of what we, all of those uh, factors you mentioned between compliance, uh, documentation requirements, interoperability, those are all things that we're, we're building our application centered around. And so we have a reputation for in- ensuring that our agencies are compliant and we're going to continue to build on that strength. And so considering from a financial standpoint, every year there's, you know, essentially more and more cuts that are being proposed that impacts the agency's ability to operate. And so those are all things that we're, we're battling against. And so you take into consideration the inflation, uh, you take into consideration the increased costs and supplies, uh, gas and things of that nature. Those are all things that ultimately eat at the ability for agencies to you know, hire, recruit, retain uh, their staff. And so the, these are all the challenges that we're looking to, to ensure that we're ahead of there. Um, from a clinician shortage standpoint, that seems to, you know, we, we have this, this, uh, overarching strategic initiative of improving clinician satisfaction. And so we recognize that there's a, the shortage of clinicians is, is certainly not going away. And there's an expectation that more care, there's a lot more of a demand for patients who are wanting to receive care at home. And unfortunately, some agencies are having to turn around, turn away some of that care because of the fact that they don't have the clinicians employed to, to just meet that demand and to provide that quality level of care that they're expecting to deliver to their patients. So, you know, blend a lot together. Those are all things that we're ensuring that how can we build this application that not only satisfies all those requirements, but also uh, delights our clinicians. And I was listening to a podcast you had had with uh, Tim O'Connell, and I love that you had referenced that there because that is, in fact, what we're trying to do. We're, We're looking to ensure that we are setting a pretty high bar with the application that we're building and ensuring that clinicians absolutely love to use this new product. And I know it's a it's a lofty goal, but it's something that we ultimately see that it uh, that's where I really challenge really any vendor in this space to think about how can we not only satisfy all the different types of requirements we have to satisfy, but how can we do so by bringing in a modernized, you know, personalized experience to, to our clinicians. And so ultimately I see this as a tool that will help agencies retain uh, clinicians longer, being able to use as a recruiting tool eventually. So these are these are our, our, our lofty uh, goals that we have set with this here. So let's turn the conversation a little bit to clinical data and expressly talking about like structured data mm-hmm. and getting that moved around to uh, the person that actually needs it. Um, so, Going forward, 
especially in the context of all the compliance issues, how do you, how are you embracing the structured data that needs to happen? Because the CQMs and all the other things have very specific requirements of what code you have mm -hmm. to actually submit. Um, so tell us a little bit about your your plans in that arena. The the codified clinical data is is fundamental or foundational to what we're trying to build here, and so I I see that as a non negotiable to to in order to not only satisfy all the different types of regulations from a billing and coding perspective, but it's what's also going to allow us to truly transform this application that we're building. And so, you know, and being able to partner with Medicomp, I think it accelerates our time to market with our new platform that we're building. And that that is the kind of, at its core, um, all the clinical documentation we're focusing is going to be codified. And so ultimately what this does and opens up for us is uh, a variety of things. So oftentimes, you know, we, a lot of the complaints that we get from our clinicians is that it, it takes them way too much time to have to sift through and look for information that's been previously documented before in the past. And I think in leveraging the codified data, it allows us to quickly, intuitively uh, create solutions that will render those, those insights, you know, at their fingertips and when they need it and exactly how they would want it. So I think that's where, for me, from my perspective, like having that codified structure is that's just one additional benefit. I think about where, from a patient outcome standpoint, the more, the cleaner your data, the cleaner types of reporting and, and, and analysis you could do. And so I, I think of how agencies will be able to leverage a lot of, of this codified clinical data to just help understand what's the impact that they're having for their certain pop patient population. And so they'll be able to just augment their, their you know, operations to better support the improvements that are needed to ultimately drive better patient care. And I think also too, with all the excitement seen with, you know, AI and things of that nature, I, I think that the cleaner the data that we have here, it's better, it's easier for us to help train those models. And 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 so I, I just see there's so many different benefits of leveraging that, that codified data. And so um, those are just a, a subset of those from my perspective. Well, one of the things I find interesting, and I had the luxury of having a couple of physician assistants that worked with me when I was practicing, um, is the actual communication of the care team. Mm -hmm. And can you speak a little bit about the, how you are developing the different roles that home care has? You talked about social work, you talked about uh, nurse practitioners, and then how that feeds into the primary care physician and how that could right. feed into even specialty care. Um, and how important that data flow is amongst all those. Yeah, absolutely. And so I, I think about with how we're creating this this uh, new application, everything is always going to be tied to that patient. And so in being able to understand and go out in the field and understand how different personas or the different roles are interacting with this patient helps them to understand like what exactly is it that they need and, and how are the different ways they're trying to communicate. And if you think about a lot of our agencies today are, are having to rely on, you know, phone calls and emails and text messages. And, you know, there's obviously some delays that exist within, on that front, especially trying to get from a, a clinician who's trying to get a hold of the referring or primary care provider. Oftentimes they're not able to connect immediately. And so I, I think that there's a lot of opportunities to leverage technology to, to help with that communication. And so, there are tools that we're looking to build, not from our initial launch of this new product, however, things are constantly think about is like, how can we create new solutions to help with that care coordination? 
And I also think about the instance of that patient's plan of care. And so you have all these different disciplines who are interacting with this patient who may have different types of interventions that they're focusing on that can be attributed to the same goal for that patient, but then also have certain interventions that are are different set of goals, but always tied to that patient. So that's something that we are ensuring that we build into our application is a very clean, easy to read and digest plan of care for this patient. So as you're looking at a patient who may have, you know, seven different disciplines who are providing care for this patient, everyone will be able to see who's doing what and when and why. And so thinking about those needs and, and creating a solution that is just working with the clinicians to help with surfacing up those that data and that information to just help with communicating effectively. And then the, the last thing, we're just having some some you know design sessions on this just yesterday where we're thinking about the visit from a nurse who's admitting a patient from a home health standpoint and getting to the point where you know they may have some orders that the physician sent them over with. And as they're doing their assessment, there may be things that are not necessarily clinically relevant or there are things that they have questions about. And so we want to create the application so that as they're trying to finalize that visit, you know, assuming that they get that one phone call that they connect with the provider when trying to just confirm all the orders that, you know, we take a, you know, an SBAR type of mentality and build that into the application where it makes it a very clean experience where everything that was documented from the patient's, you know, past medical family, social history, their assessment and all the orders so that it's basically presented to them in such a way that it just makes it very easy and clear so that when they're talking to the the physician, you know, I know that you probably have maybe a minute or so of their time. And so just trying to get all the information as you need to, you know, present in a crisp way so you can ultimately modify any orders that may have been entered that require their approval or add new orders for that nature. So those are all things that we're, depending on the, we're we're hyper-focusing on the workflows from a clinician standpoint to ensure that the solutions that we're creating Again, not only meet the regulatory and compliance aspect of things, but just makes sense for for clinicians. Yeah, one of the things I've um, been kind of a, I guess, a champion of is let the clinicians do their work and let all the regulatory stuff get done in the background automatically so they're not having to interact back and forth all the time with that layer that really no one wants to deal with. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Uh, I think that's exactly what we're looking to do. And so... um, you think about any types of the regs there where it's like, and it, it pains me when I see this, where I look at any application, honestly, and any EHR and, and they're forcing clinicians to have to click on something. I'm like, why are you doing that? Like, well, I'm, I'm supposed to do this because otherwise, you know, and you're just adding all this unnecessary steps that need to, you know, and, and I just think that we need to just challenge again, like as a vendor, always challenging ourselves to understand like, what is the regulation? What are the requirements? But how do we make it so that it's not putting that burden on the end user to have to remember to click on this in order to make sure they get paid. Effect. Like th- those are things I don't want the clinician to have to worry about. Um, and then if there are instances that there are some regulations or, or things that from a compliance standpoint need to get surfaced up, give the, give, make the application work with that clinician so they can help them think critically as to what they need to, to consider doing or not doing to, in order to help ensure that those compliance or, or regulatory items are met. So um, I, I couldn't agree more with that statement. So you brought it up and we'll, let's talk about it just a little bit about artificial intelligence and all these large language models and chat GPT. It's the mm-hmm. buzz of the industry right now. It goes from the point where, well, we're not quite sure it'll ever work for healthcare to it's going to fix everything in healthcare. <laughs> um, yeah. It's kind of all over the map. So 
I'd like to get your take on how you see artificial intelligence working into what you guys are building. Yeah. And, you know, I, I do think that there's a lot of buzz going around with it. And then quite frankly, I, I think that there's still a lot that needs to be kind of understood and learned with different, you know, these different types of AI models and what have you. And so, but I think that there are some really interesting ways that we can incorporate that. And so, uh, for example, I talked earlier about how the the codified data that we're we're capturing as part of our application can can be leveraged to train certain models, and so there's oftentimes there a need to help with preventing hospitalization for patients that are being seen at, at home, and so it'd be interesting to see how we can leverage uh, these you know machine learning models to help with proactively identifying which patients are at higher risk for hospitalization. Um, I went to a, a conference um, not so long ago, but they had done an interesting study around how they were identifying workplace violence for clinicians in the home. And so they were able to scan through a series of free text data that wasn't captured in notes and, and basically were identifying which they were able to identify with a certain degree of confidence what was the likelihood of patients who or clinicians who would be exposed to to you know, violence in the patient's homes. And so those are the things that I think about would be really interesting to see how that evolves, where I think patients or I think clinician safety in the homes is, is an utmost priority. And I, I, I look at those those areas would be really exciting to think about like how can we, you know, advocate for our clinicians through our software to inform them of things that might potentially cause them harm. And then uh we actually, every year at HHB, we do like a hackathon project. And, and so different teams come up with different projects. And the one that won this year was focused around leveraging generative AI. And so ultimately what it was doing was uh, creating a, a summary of for the clinician by going through a series of different types of clinical notes. And so it'd be interesting to see how we can adopt those types of solutions and see how accurate they are. And because I think that's a, that's a huge area of concern from my from my perspective is, is the accuracy of uh, what this is like. And so, um, but I, I think there's a lot um, to, there's a, I think it's super exciting to think about this, uh, but I, I still think we're personally a little bit away away from leveraging it to its fullest capacity. I would agree with that statement. Um, we are a ways away. And back to one of your other comments that putting some training into these models using good coded data is probably going to be key to actually getting to the accuracy issue that you're talking about. So I asked the same question of everyone. If you had a magic wand, what would you change or add or get done in healthcare IT? Uh, I'd, if it's just that one thing, uh, I'd like to see how healthcare can be revered as the top industry known for its customer satisfaction. And so I personally cringe whenever I go to an office and have to fill out a clipboard to just enter information that I know already exists in the application or when I'm playing phone tag with a doctor's office, you know, because there isn't a secure way for me to chat with them. Um, and so I, I think about blending the Ritz-Carlton, Apple, Disney, Virgin, Amazon, companies known for their obsession and empathy towards the end user. So and then applying that towards healthcare. So where patients can access information, get responses from providers quickly, have self-service tools to, that empower them to make the most informed and uh, you know, the most, the most informed decisions that they have about their care. Um, so I think that would be 
the one thing I want to change and and making that accessible to everyone. So um, I think those are the things I would definitely would love to see changed. What a great answer. So is there anything else you want our listeners to know about uh, HBHC and what you're doing? Um, I would say that, you know, depending on who our listeners are, I'd say to go to check out our website at hhb.com. Um, and for anyone working in the vendor space, I, again, I, I continue to just uh, urge you all to raise the bar and expectations of, of what we can be delivering to help with improving you know, patient outcomes and in, in, in the user experience as a whole. So if people want to get in touch with you personally, how would they do that? Yeah, uh, hit me up on LinkedIn. Um, you can find me as Juan Carlos Gallegos. Um, I'm happy to connect and you know can chat about any of the other topics we cover here today. JC, it's been a pleasure. I think um, it's a really hot topic right now, both what you're creating and how you're creating it. So thank you so much for being on the podcast. No, yeah, I really appreciate it. Thanks, Jay. That's all for today. Thanks for listening to Tell Me Where It Hurts. Tune in to Healthcare Now Radio and Podcast Network each month for the latest episode. To learn more about Medicomp Systems, visit our website at www.medicomp.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at MedicompSys or myself at MedicompDoc, or check out the show notes for links. See you next time. <laughs>